assume that we're on the internet now, and so I want to greet you and say good morning, good afternoon, good night, whichever. Um, well, you never know because, you know, down, it's amazing the people that, that watch us. It's just absolutely mind-boggling. And uh, one of our programs now has been 215,000 views. And so uh, one of our services here. So I'll, I tell you, it's just growing and growing, and we're thanking God for that. But we're not thanking God so much just for the numbers. We're thanking God for changing the hearts and the lives of people. And so that's what's so important when we're in South America, the pastor uh, you know, we spent a lot of time together, and um, he just said, I was so ministered to here. Um, I just can't even tell you how I was ministered to. And see, that's what this is all about. This is not about how good you can preach or how good we can sing or how, how good we can make things. We want them to be as good as they can. But at the same time, we're not in competition with the world. Amen. Amen. We are the children of God and we're walking in faith and, and we're just believing God that every day, every day, the blessings of God is resting upon you and, and uh, that you're walking in faith more comfortably every day. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, I thank you for all the things that you have allowed these precious people to do and to become. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you will touch every heart and every life here in this room, in this chapel. Thank you, Lord, for all of those that was faithful to help us while we were gone away ministering and doing the things that we do for you. And we pray this morning, God, that you'll bless everyone in this room and help them to comprehend who they are in Christ. And I pray, Lord, for those that's viewing and watching somewhere in the world, God, that you'll just open the windows of heaven. You will bless them supernaturally and anoint me to speak your words. Let me speak with life. Let me speak with power. Jesus, you said your words were spirit and life. And that's what I desire this today is to have my words to be words of spirit and life. And I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Well, this morning, I want to think, talk, talk about something that I, I believe we all need to have the revelation of. We know it. So much of the Bible we know. We've heard it taught. We've heard it preached. But I think one of the things that, that we don't probably aspire to and have enough of and that's revelation of what you read in the Bible and what you hear preached. And just because you hear it preached, it doesn't mean that you got it. And one of the things that I'm really believing God for is people, when, when you hear any one of us here or a guest, that it's not just another sermon that you're hearing, but the Word of God is being brought to you as life so that God can give you personally the revelation. See, not just if, if, if we put this, the verses up here on the screen for you to see and you look at them. You know, don't just let that be the only time you read that verse or verses that we're sharing with you. But take that home and meditate in it. 
You know, how many times do you go out to eat, and when you go out to eat, you have some left over, and the server will say, would you like me to put this in the box for you to take home? And you say, yes, I want to take it home. Well, if you're going to take food from the restaurant home, why can't you take the food from the Word of God home with you? And as you indulge or enjoy or endure whatever you're getting of that food that you brought home, uh, you eat it so you don't have to endure the Word. And the Word of God is not just for church. So... I want you to understand that when you have a revelation of God's Word, I often say this, that our revelation should be larger or greater than our environment. Because many times people live only in their environment and they never get out of their environment. And when you get the revelation of of who you are, not just where you are, And so many people let where they are become who they are instead of allowing the Word of God to take them to their potential. And you know, I think about the fact that God is omnipotent. Well, let me tell you what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about God and His Word defies all logic and reasoning. See, many times we think this is logical and we reason through certain things. But God doesn't want us to stay in reason or in logic because God's Word defies logic and reasoning. And when we have that revelation, then we can understand. We can understand when we get into a place and it looks like there's no way out or there's nothing working, there's nothing changing. When we get into that place, if you've got the revelation... Instead of allowing what's happening to you, you start leaning and believing in the revelation of God's Word rather than staying where you are at the moment. And you know, God is omnipotent. We know that He's omnipotent. In other words, that that part right there means God's unlimited in His power. And I think most people understand and know, well, sure, God's unlimited in His power. And I believe He'll do it for you, but I don't know about me, you know. God is, God is unlimited in power for you. In Ephesians 3.20, we read that He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. According to His power, His power that works in us. So God's power is within you. So God being an omnipotent God with unlimited power, if we have that revelation, not only just intellectual knowledge of it, then we, we, we let God's Word defy or change things instead of us trying to reason our way through. How many times in your situations or Dunclowers, tried to reason myself through rather than letting the Word of God take me through. You know, he, He's omniscient. In other words, He knows all things. You know, you can't hide anything from Him. You know, that's amazing. You can't hide anything from Him. You know, it's, it's just amazing. God knows it all. And I don't say that in a, a, a slenderous way. God knows everything. And I'm so grateful 
that God does know everything. So when we stand before God on judgment day, it's not like we're going to stand up there and, and we got all that stuff that we've, we've kept hid. Uh, when we stand before God, we're going to have to face what we have done. And then God is omnipresent, and that means he is everywhere at the same time. Wow. You know, when we were flying home this morning, uh, the hurricane was, uh, we were getting some of the winds from it, and the pilot told us, he said, we're going to have some winds, and we're going to have some bumps there. Well, no matter where you go at 30,000 or 34,000 or 44,000 or whether you go to the moon, a few people you know has landed on the moon. No matter where you go, God is there. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? No matter where you go, God is there. And I, I, I believe, again, that most of you know he's omnipotent. You know he's omniscient. And you know he is omnipresent but sometimes just knowing that doesn't get you to the place where you need to go it doesn't bring into reality the things that you're praying for you got to do more than know it you got to meditate and and I don't want you like to use the word so much you've got to you, you you should want and desire to meditate in God's word to where it becomes a part of you it's not something you do just in church is anybody here this morning yes. now the question is do we believe that we can we we uh, can believe God's word enough and he can Meet that need that looks impossible. Do you really believe that he can meet that need that looks or is? It's very, many times it is impossible. And you know, you've heard me tell stories over and over again of, of things that uh, happened that was impossible. And I remember praying for a lady in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, I, I, we went there for a crusade. Uh, before I ever had a church there. And it's on a Sunday afternoon. And uh, a little lady sitting on the end of the road, end of the row, and she's a little African-American lady. <clears throat> just, and I, I, I didn't see the people walk in. There was about a thousand people there that day. And I didn't see the people walk in. And I, I came in through another side. And so when I was up preaching, I just stopped at this little lady and I said, uh, what do you need? And she just didn't answer me back. And I just kept talking to her and she didn't answer me back. And, and so um, I looked down and I saw crutches. And, <laughs> and you know, I, I, I didn't know what was wrong with her. I just grabbed those crutches and went up to the platform. And, and uh, the platform is a little higher than this. And I put those crutches there and I just broke those crutches. I mean, I broke them. And that she's just looking at me and still hadn't said a word. Nobody else said a word, but everybody just looked at me. What in the world are you doing? Well, I don't know what I was doing. I, I had just had a revelation that God was omnipotent. He was uh, omniscient. He was omnipresent. He was everywhere and he was a healer. And so I went back and I told her, I said, get up in Jesus' name. And she just looked at me as if, what's wrong with you? I, I, you know, and so finally I just, you know, the spirit of faith came on me. The gift of faith came on me so strong. I just reached down and I grabbed her by the arm and I said, get up in the name of Jesus. 
Well, I didn't realize her whole side was paralyzed and that it had taken them 30 minutes to get her from the back entrance down to her seat. I didn't know that. But I just grabbed her up. I'm glad I didn't know that. But I just grabbed her up, and when I did, in the name of Jesus, she jumped up. And, and you know that little sweet little lady. Her name was Ruby. She jumped up, and she began to run around that whole auditorium. I still didn't know what was going on. I'm standing there looking, you know, just, I don't even know what's happening. All I knew, I jerked her up and broke her crutches. That's all I knew. And, and she was running around, and then all at once somebody in the back said, my ear just popped open. I was deaf, and my ear just popped open. And then somebody else says, I, 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 I can see. I came in here. I wasn't totally blind, but I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't see. I could see faces, but I can see you. I can see everybody clearly. And so she was up there just having herself her uh, Holy Ghost dance, you know. I mean, she was just going on. And so I, I thought, well, how, what's crutches in this dance? Hey. So finally, um, I got her slowed down long enough to, to ask her what's going on. And she said, well, I've had a stroke. And I walked in here. It took me two people 30 minutes to get down to my seat. And you're talking about you, you broke my crutches. And so I didn't know what I was going to do. And then you told me to talk. And I couldn't talk because this whole side of my face was, and my whole side was paralyzed. But see, she said, when you grabbed my hand and took my hand, she said, something went through me. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet. She said it was just like hot oil that ran down through my body. Well, the Holy Ghost defied logic. God's power defied logic because the doctors had told her she would never be any better. And you know what? She was totally healed, totally made whole. She started becoming a partner of our ministry. She went back to work she got her driver's license and supported us for years until she went to heaven now I want to tell you something I'm ready for God to defy some logic and some reasoning in your body and for it's us to see some changes in our life instead of us carrying these bags around with us and just just uh, carrying them around you know uh, we just you know came from the airport and you know you just got those bags and you're taking those bags bag putting them up on the top and and you just carry those bags and you carry those bags if you go to the bathroom you take your bags if you go to the restaurant you take your bags well it's time to get rid of the bags folks and let the Holy Ghost begin to operate through our life mm. Mm. calm down a little bit wow somebody say thank you Jesus well, Philippians 4 and 19 says, My God, but my God, my God, everybody say my God, shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. Everybody say, My God, my God, shall supply all of my needs. Not according to your uh, money or your supply but according to his supply and see that's when we get into reasoning that's where we get into uh, uh, that's where we get into logic well logically this can't happen and and then we try to reason ourselves around instead of letting the Holy Ghost take us through 
Amen? Amen. Now, this is a, a great scripture. And, and I confess the scripture all the time. But it's not going to do you or me any good to confess this scripture unless we believe this scripture. Somebody said, well, you confess it enough till you believe it. <laughs> no, you believe it and you confess it. Amen? I don't think confessing it and confessing it and confessing it is going to make you believe it. You believe it and you confess it and then you speak it and God's word then will begin to defy the things in your life that you've been trying to reason yourself through. I mean, I can tell you over and over again of, of where things changed, where nobody could make those changes but God made those changes. Amen. How about when Joshua was fighting the battle and God had the sun, the sun to stand still. You say, well, Pastor Don, that was Joshua. Well, why do we have the record of it here in the Bible? Why do we have the record of what Joshua did if it didn't mean something to us? See, we hear the Bible, we read the Bible, but it's time for us to realize God will defy what needs to be defied. The sun stood still. Somebody said, well, I don't believe God would cause the sun to stand still for me. Well, you know, what if there's a, there was a necessity or a reason God could defy the logic or the reasoning and do what needs to be done. Does anybody believe in God's word today? Yeah. I, I, I just, I believe just as much as God defied logic in the Bible over and over again, he'll do the same thing for you individually. You know, sometimes we come to church and, and especially in the mega church and you're sitting there and you hear the message and you say, well, the pastor's just preaching. He's just preaching and he's not talking to me. Yes, I'm talking to you. Not a person in here that I'm not talking to. People on the internet, I'm talking to that one person that may be watching on their phone somewhere. I'm, I'm talking to you to tell you, you don't have to settle with life and let life tell you how you're going to live it. You take God's word and you begin to live God's word, live by God's word and life, life has to surrender yes. to you. But if you're going to stay in logic and if you're going to stay in reasoning, it's never going to get you anywhere. Now, I believe it's a learning and growing process. It just doesn't happen overnight. Everybody say it's a learning, it's a learning. and growing process. One more time. It's a learning and growing process. Now, here I am, uh, the age I am, you know, some people get older, but they never change. They never get any better. But I don't want to stop learning. I don't want to stop. I don't want to stop receiving more of revelation of what God will do. You know, some of you may never heard this story. But while I was away, 
um, and I hadn't thought about it in a long time, but there was a, a gentleman that I knew. I didn't know him when he was a child. I saw him when he was a child, and I was a child. But T.L. Osborne's sister, whose name was Miss Gillick, she was an evangelist too. And she was down in West Texas, and there was a little boy there named Ronald Cohen. And Ronald Cohen had stuck a piece of wire in his eye and had had that replaced with a plastic eye. And back then, you know, they weren't like they are today. And they, you, you could really tell if someone were today, the, the new ones, they, they kind of move and you can't tell someone's wearing an artificial eye. Well, he had to have it replaced because uh, uh, he went blind. And, but Miss Gillick was doing a tent crusade in, um, I believe it was Lubbock, Lubbock, I'm not sure exactly the city. And, um, and you can look this up on YouTube, and you can look it up on the uh, Google, anything you want to look it up on. And uh, I remember I heard about this, and then when I was over at my hometown where I was born, I drove by, and I was telling somebody, I said, there was a big lot there, and it's still there, and they had the big tent up. And Ronald Cohen came there one time. But Miss Gillick... Um, he, he had come up for prayer. Pardon me, I'm getting there. But he had, his mother had sent him up for prayer because he had a sore throat. And so as the people came up for prayer, Miss Gillick looked down at him and, and she said, Son, what are you doing here? And he said, Well, I've got a sore throat. I want you to pray for my sore throat. And um, she said, Okay. And so she got him up there. And all at once she looked at him and said, What's wrong with your eye? He said, I'm blind. He didn't say I had an artificial eye because he's still embarrassed. And she said, well, son, God's going to open your blinded eye today and you're going to see. Why, well, he's just nine years old. He, he didn't know what to say. And she went on and telling the crowd what God was going to do. And all at once his mother got out of the seat and come running up there and and was going to say to Miss Gillick, um, he's got a plastic eye. He can't see. It's impossible for him to see. Well, if anybody's blind, no matter what it is, and God heals you, if it's impossible for you to see whether you've got a plastic eye or not, uh, that's going to defy logic when God does it. When Bartimaeus was blind... Uh, God defied logic and opened Bartimaeus' eyes. When the little woman with an issue of blood, she, she, she was been given up by the doctors to die, but God's word divide, it defied logic and that blood dried up. God began to heal her. Well, Miss Gillick was praying and the mama was running up there and saying, he's got a glass eye, he's got a glass eye, he can't see, he can't, it's, impo it's impossible. So she said, son, cover up your good eye. So she covered up his good eye and, and when she closed his good eye, he said, uh, she started holding up her fingers and he started counting. And the mama said, he can't do that, he's got a glass eye. <laughs> And then they give him other tests and other tests and kept on. And, you know, 
everybody knew who Phil Donnie who was and all of this, and he was on that show and on and on and on. And they used to be that that show called Incredible. That's incredible, and and he was on that show, and uh, you know there was a there's a lady that lives over in Fort Worth, and she was she's an eye surgeon who's a personal friend of ours. I'm gonna get her to come over here and speak sometimes. Because she goes to China, she goes everywhere, and she's a little, little beyond my age. And, uh, but she just happened, nobody knew she was a Christian, but she just happened to be on that Phil Donahue show, and Phil Donahue brought her in to examine him, and she's an eye surgeon, and he, she said, she tested him, and Phil Donahue, I don't know if you ever believed it or not, I remember seeing him on the show, but I, I just, it's been a long time. And that young boy grew up to be a great man of God. And I was introduced to him. I don't remember what year it was I was introduced. And I'd have him to come to my crusades. And he always called me pal. And one time we were in the Philippines. And uh, I, I brought him with me to the Philippines to do a Crusade, and we was having breakfast one morning. And I said, "Let me let me see your eye." So he took his eye out, and I tried to see through that eye. He said, "Pal, you can't see through that eye." He said, "I'm the only one that can see through that eye." He said, "God gave me a miracle when I was nine years old, and I tried and I tried this eye, I tried that eye, I did everything in the world, and I couldn't see through that eye." And then, of course, his eye was closed, you know, uh, because he had nothing in there. He said, "Pal, I can see you right now." He said, "Pal, you want me to read the menu for you?" <laughs> I said, "Yeah." Uh, even though I believed it, I knew it. It was just. He said, "I get up." every morning pal he said I get up every morning and this is a miracle he said it defies logic folks God is still God when are we going to believe that he'll change our situations amen God will change our situations but I knew Ronald's gone to heaven now but he came into my meetings and just Google him and you can see, but they would tape his eye up and, and it'd be impossible for him to see. Sometimes they put 15 yards of tape under a handkerchief over that eye and he'd just have a little spot and he could call anybody up that he wanted to and he would read their driver's license or social security card. That's when it was safe to read somebody's social security <laughs> card. Uh, uh, and he would just, he, he, he would read anything, uh, no matter what you put in front of him. And of course, Brother Schembach had him in his meetings a lot of time, and I had him in many, many of my meetings. Um, and I don't know, I just, somehow it came to me about this when I was putting this message together about him, and I even went on uh, Google and watched him in one of the meetings, and it just stirred my heart. It stirred my heart because we accept so many things instead of saying, God, your word never changes. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and forever. As I said, I didn't get to where I am overnight. It's a process of learning. But you know what? I just believe with all of my heart.
I believe with all of my heart, God wants us to learn to trust him more and more. But one of the reasons why we don't trust him more and more, I think we don't spend enough time in the word of God. Letting him reveal himself to us. You know, Philippians 4 and 11, he said, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. And you know, I, I was thinking about some of you and some of the people that write me letters or send me emails and they tell me their situations. And I just think, God, you can... You can do the impossible for these people. These that say it's impossible, you can do it if they would let it be a learning process. So he says, I, I speak in regard, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned. So it's a learning process. Why do we come to church? Not only just to be here, but we should learn something. We should learn something. We should go home and, and walk out of here and take the word of God and say the word of God is alive. It's active. And so we're going to put it to use in my life personally. Amen. Amen. See, I say this often. There's, there's negative things that happen to us all uh, throughout the week somehow or another. And it's trying to get our attention away from God's goodness and get us into doubt, unbelief, fear. And, and it's amazing of how many people you see that's supposed to be children of God that's angry. Fear, anger. I'm surprised that so many people of God allow these things to take them over. Unforgiveness. How many people walk around living their life with unforgiveness? Well, see, really unforgiveness, unforgiveness really does defy logic. How many understand that? Because it's when somebody has violated you, when somebody has violated you, I would say... You know, because we never lose our memory. No matter what you do, when you forgive someone, you still remember what they do. You know, the, the, the pastor down in Columbia uh, was asking me, we were having something, conversation, and he said, well, well, how do you really know when you've forgiven someone? I said, when you hear their name or you see them or you meet them or somebody talks about them and it doesn't bother you. I said, that's when you know that you've forgiven someone is when, when you meet them in a store or somebody brings up their name or you hear how well they're doing. You hear how well things are for them and instead of you getting angry and, and bothered, you just rejoice and say, thank you, Jesus. See, you don't forget, but your memory is not programmed to bringing back the evil thoughts or bringing back the hurt and the pain. It's just memory. And so that's why I say that you have to have revelation. 
you have to have revelation of forgiveness because if you don't have revelation of forgiveness, you can say I've forgiven him or I've forgiven them. And, and I won't say who it is because I'm on the internet, but somebody said to me just the other day, they said, uh, even while I was gone, while I was up preaching, and they said, you know, I, I thought, I really thought I had forgiven and moved to pass this till I heard something you said in the service down in Columbia. And when I heard this, I realized that I was still holding on to some unforgiveness on the inside of me. And so, you know, it takes the power of God when you've been violated However you've been violated. It takes the power of God for you to really forgive someone. And then when you really, by the Holy Spirit, forgive someone, then you defy logic. You defy, you defy reasoning. Because you can go on in your life and no matter what, what they've done to you, their, their decision or what they did or how bad it was, they're no longer controlling your life. You are believing in God. You've got revelation that you've been changed, that you've been made the righteousness of God. And because you're the righteousness of God, you get up and you live your life regardless of what they do, whether they do good or bad after. The fact is, you're not walking and living and holding on as I said earlier carrying all those bags around with you you walking in the spirit and glory to God you can stand up and start defying other things in your life that Satan brings against you this is why I say constantly put God first in your life put God first no matter where I am no matter where I am the first things when my eyes are opening, I just start thanking God for another day. Amen. Amen. I just start thanking God for another day because I know, I know before the day is over, some kind of distraction. Satan's going to use something or someone to try and distract me from walking in the revelation that God has given me. I constantly tell you, I want to say it again, to put God first. Everybody say, I, I must learn, I must learn to, always to always put God first. Put God first. See, I, I, I really believe that's one of the things that's helped Pastor Sharon and me is it, it was a daily, a daily thing with us. And, and you know, you've heard our story so many times, you can tell it better than me probably. But when we got married and the first night we were married and we prayed and we committed, we didn't just say words. She was born again. She was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was. We committed to always love God and put Him first in our life. I said, I, I love you, but I, I, I love God more than I love you. Well, that doesn't mean that wasn't tested. Of course it was tested. It's been tested thousands of times. But you know what? We put God first in our life. And then we said, we'll always love each other. Well, I know there's lots of times she didn't feel like loving me. Woo! I could tell by the expression on her face. 
And she sure didn't feel like loving me. And she wasn't saying, I love you at the time by the expression on her face. But you know what? She made a decision. I made a decision. And then we said, we're always going to be a tither. And we're always going to be a giver. And you know what? You've heard me tell it. She was 17 years of age. Too young to really understand what she was saying. I was 19. Too young to understand the real commitments we were making. But it was a daily process looking back at that commitment that we kept 57 years later. 57 years later. You know, I, I, Thursday, I believe it was, we were having a, a, a little lunch with some uh, people I went to school with, and, and uh, they met Pastor Sharon for the first time, and, and they looked and they said, how long have y'all been married? And, and we told them, they said, well, how, how could you be married 57 years? How can you be married 57 years? I said, through the love of Jesus. <laughs> Not just my love for her or her love for me, but through the love of Jesus. They said, I can't even comprehend. I said, well, y'all are almost as old as I am. Went to the same school I went to. But you know, uh, I said, if, if you, you commit to God, they said, well, you know, they, they've been married a good, good little while. They'd had some problems in their first marriages. And, and, and I don't look back at that. I mean, you know, once you get it right, when it didn't work, don't hold on to what didn't work. When you get it right, then, then it's going to work. Amen. Amen. And I think they said 27 or something years. I don't 30 years. I don't know what they said. And I said, well, somewhere you got it right. And they watch me on, on the internet, might be watching right now, I don't know. But I'm, I, I want to tell you, get it right. Get it right. Get it right. You know, there's all kinds of religions. There's all kinds of people that say things. But you know what? This doesn't just say things. This records what happened. This tells the story about Jesus, of how a little woman by the name of Mary, she defied logic and allowed the Holy Ghost to impregnate her body. And a man-child came forth. And when that man-child came forth, even though he was born through a human body, the seed that was in her body was the seed of the Holy Ghost. And when that child came into the earth, it had, it had sinless blood. That child, Jesus, had sinless. That was the... Pastor Al, I, I'm getting Pentecostal right now, and I want to run around this building right now, I'm telling you. But that defied all logic. It was impossible for her to be impregnated. They, it wasn't artificial insemination. They didn't have it back then. They didn't have it back then. But I'll tell you one thing, it was Holy Ghost impregnation. You can come on up here now and maybe... A, 
give them some hope that I'm going to quit pretty soon. <laughs> Ooh, I'm telling you, this is getting so good. I, I'm telling you, I just, I just feel like I could fly right now. See, let Jesus be Lord of your life. And when you let Jesus be, you know, here we were two kids when we got married, 17 and 19. We weren't any different than anybody in this room or anybody that's watching on the internet. We were not any different. And I was, I was thinking the other day when we were in, in South America, and I'm speaking there, and, and, and not only was I speaking in that huge place, they, they have a large audience as well on the YouTube. And uh, I'm thinking... Here's this little redneck from Tennessee. Believe me, I was a redneck. Just ask Pastor Sharon. Now, Pastor Al, he never was a redneck, you know. He, 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 he was a little further south than I was. He was a city boy. <laughs> oh, I tell you. But here I was, and I'm standing on that platform in South America. And of course, you know we've been so many places in the world. And uh, I'm thinking, I I'm not the little 19-year-old redneck anymore. But I started when we were kids. And I could have, we could have let things take us the wrong way. But if you decide, just like Pastor Al and Linda, y'all weren't much older than we were when you got married, was it? 20. You were 20. A year older. <laughs> Maybe a year older. And of course, Miss Linda, she's older than Brother Al. Now, I, I'm kidding. She's only a few months older, but he always uses that. And, uh, Half a year. Huh? Half a year. A half a year. She's, she's a half a year wiser than Pastor Al. <laughs> Think of that. Think, <laughs> she's more than a half a year right. <laughs> I understand. But the next time he uses that on you, you just say, well, I'm, I'm a half a year wiser. But here we were. I, I look at them because I knew him when he was before they, they were married. And I drove down. Friday, Friday I drove down to that, that lot is still vacant there where you and I met, still, still vacant where there's a tent and that's where we met, I drove down that street Friday and, um, and I was thinking as I drove by I was thinking about Pastor L and we have a friend in Tennessee where we stay and, I, and she, she loves to watch Pastor L. And I said, right there is where I met Pastor Al uh, over 58 years ago now. And she said, right there? I said, yes, right there is where I met Pastor Al. Neither one of us knew our destiny. But you know, folks, no matter what age you are, 
start today. I'm not even with my notes. But God wants to devise some logic. And I, I want to come back to, I want to come back to, we are not perfect. We were never perfect. I didn't do a lot of things right. But I did as much right as I knew how to do right. And because I did, one of the things that you've always heard me say, we decided that we would tithe and that we would give. We've never changed that. We never changed that. And folks, it's amazing how God supplies our need here, how God supplies our personal needs. Sometimes I just shake my head because I'm like you. Sometimes I get into reason. Now, how is this going to work? How is this going to work? Somebody texted me the other day that they said how we love you and Sharon and et cetera, et cetera. And how's Experience Life Church going? Is there anything I can do to help? Well, now I'm not going to answer that one. <laughs> I wanted to say, yeah, you can send us a million dollars. And they're capable. <laughs> but I'm not going to ask if God's putting it in their heart, then do it. But see, that's the way God does for us. I never, I never look at somebody and say, they got plenty of money and would you give me some money? Would you help me? No. Sometimes the money that comes through is from people that don't have the money. And then God will turn around and defy logic for them because they gave sacrificially. They gave sacrificially. And God will not only meet our need through what they did, but God will open the windows of heaven. And you know, I say this a lot, but I'm believing, folks, that, that we're, we're just on the threshold of seeing the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost that we've ever seen before in our life. And something's got to happen because we, we see what's happening in, in the political arena. Have you ever seen, on both sides, have you ever seen such, antagoni uh, uh, such an antagonizing spirit? On both sides, actually. And... It's just demon powers that's trying to corrupt and pollute the minds of people. But I want to tell you something. God is still God. God is still God. And some of you may not believe this, but I, I, I'm going to say it. I think God defied logic with the president we have right now. I, I really do. You know what? He doesn't believe in killing babies. He doesn't believe in killing babies. And many of the people that's in offices that's been elected by people, they believe in killing babies and even taking those that's just hours before they're born and pulling body parts out. 
and there was a there was a man that before this president was elected now I know I'm jumping out here I'm really jumping out here right now but before this president was elected there was a man that I know and he prophesied the next president he died before the one we have was even running but he said the next president is going to get it going to be not just one term but it's going to be a two term president well I don't know how that can happen I didn't know how it could happen when it did happen but I'm telling you folks and, and I may have people turning me off right now but you know what I really don't care I, I care that people turn me off but again I don't care if you're not going to learn folks we got to get into the power and the Holy Ghost and we got to rise up and we got to be the voices in the land instead of turning the news on and listening to all of that stuff and bickering back and forth and arguing with one another we've got to be the voice of God in this day and this hour by our lifestyles that we live we live by faith and and God helps us to defy logic, whether it's in a business or wherever it is. Amen. Yes, Lord. Yes. You know, I was preaching in one time, and there was a young couple, and and he was a he was a certified accountant, and they had two Hondas, and they weren't nice Hondas they had. But I was preaching, not this message, but I was preaching one similar to this. And he come up after church and, and, and uh, he looked at me and he, he, he called me pasture. He didn't call me pastor, he called me pasture. I started to tell him, you know, I guess you do graze here. <laughs> But I said to him, I said, what, what is it that you're, he said, I got so touched by the message today. I don't think I'm supposed to work for anybody anymore. I think I'm supposed to have my own business. I said, well, if God's putting in your heart and it's your dream, you can, you can, you can do that. You can defy logic. So he went, he, he knew a business for sale because he did the books for this company and it really wasn't making any money. And they had done no more than $500,000 in volume of gross volume coming into the business and, and the man had run the business and owned it a long time. He said, I want you to pray with me. I want you to pray with me. I believe God wants me to to have a business but I don't have any money at all but we're going to sow a seed today we're going to sow a seed today he said we, we, it's a sacrifice but we're going to sow a seed so they sowed the seed he went to visit the man and told him he said I want to buy your business the man said well okay and he gave him the price and he said, now, I don't have any money. He said, you want to buy my business and you don't have any money? He said, yep. 
Men said, well, how do you expect to buy my business without any money? He said, well, I don't know, but I was sitting in church. And my pastor was preaching, and I heard the word of God. And I just believed that this business was the one God wanted me to buy and run this business. And I can't get into the whole thing. But he convinced the man with no money down to buy the business and for that man to work for him. So he worked for him and he became the salesman on the business. And things started happening. And the man was teaching him how to do this business. And so he went into this place and there was a million dollar job and they had never done more than a half million, but this was a million dollar job, a million dollar contract. He come to me and he said, Pastor, he said, there's two other companies bidding on this. But he said, I believe this is my, my opportunity. And something inside of me and I, I, I'm very watchful because I never want to hurt anybody's faith. But there was something on the inside of me. I said to him, I said, you know, I really don't think this is the one. I think the other two companies, or I think this company is using you because they know you're inexperienced to work with the other and they're going to buy from one of the other companies. And he said, oh, no, Pastor. No, no, Pastor. This is my big break. I'm going to get it in this. I said, well, just be prepared. Be prepared if they give the contract to the other company. He said, it's not going to happen. I'm going to get it. Well, they gave the contract to the other company. And I remember on a Wednesday night, he came in and he was all down and just so sad. And I said, what are you, what are you sad for? He said, I didn't get this. That was a million dollar contract. And he said, I was going to be able to pay a lot towards what I owe for the company. I said, God's got something better. And I laid hands on him and I said, God, I rebuke the spirit of pain and fear and discouragement and doubt and hurt. Give him a creative idea right now. Right now. Give him a creative idea right now. And after I laid my hands on him and prayed for him, he looked up at me and smiled. He said, all that heaven has just left. He said, you know what I think I'm going to do? I said, I don't have a clue. He said, I'm going to drive to that company and tell them, even though they use the other company to buy their equipment, I'm going to ask them if they'll let my company install it. He said, I was so angry when I walked out when I found out. But he said, that all left me. He said, when you prayed and said, so he drove down to the, that big company and met with the, the owners. And he said, I know I didn't get the contract, but you know the reputation of my company. We're the best installers. Nobody in a hundreds of miles radius does as good installations as we do he said you're right and we're going to give you that contract 
So they got the contract. He kept his men busy and paid them well. And, and it wasn't a million dollar contract. But they did so good. They did so good. The owner of the company called him in his office. He said, your men have done so good. And you know, he said, we need a bigger ball. He was, a, he was in the baller business. Huge ballers. He said, we need a bigger baller. And you know this one we got is not working right. And we want to buy from your company. And we want your installers to do it. It was a $2 million contract. A two, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I mean, he ate his pride, went and said, we'll install. We didn't get the business, but we'll be the installers. They liked him so much because of his integrity, because he came back, he got a $2 million contract, and he hadn't finished that one. He hadn't finished that one until they came up and they said, you know, we got this whole department over here and we really need this one. We're not going to bid it. We're going to let you just tell us what it cost. And it was $5 million. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Five million dollars. And of course he paid the man off and, and even gave him a raise. And until just a few years ago, that man stayed with him, working for him, and he became a very, very wealthy man and a great giver into our ministry. Sometimes he had just come by and, and, and say, uh, if I wasn't there, and he'd walk in Pastor Sheeran's office, and he says, y'all need anything today? He said, need, need a check today for anything? And we were buying some property, and I remember, and somehow we forgot, and we owed, I, I think, a $60,000 pay, $60, payment. And I'd forgotten about a $60,000 payment. I mean, I don't know how you forget about a $60,000 payment. <laughs> But somehow I managed to forget. <laughs> and my wife called me up and she said, Don, do you know what today is? And I said, yeah, well, whatever day it was. I said, I, 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 am, I am awake. <laughs> and you know, she said, no, we owe the payment today. The, the, the payment's due today. And I said, oh, we didn't have any money. Well, he just happened to drive up, he says, and I wasn't at the office. And he went and see Pastor Sharon, and he said, I just felt like stopping today. Does the church have a need? He said, I just felt like stopping. She said, does the church have a need? Well, it's more than a need. Now, God defied logic. God defied reasoning. I was at home thinking, I'm going to go down to the bank and get an extension, a 90-day extension uh, of this 60000 We owed more than 60000 I think it's a couple hundred thousand we owed. But I 
said, I'm going to go down and get an extension. I, you know, I was just trying to reason it out and logically work it out. And here God's working on my behalf and the whole church is, God was working on our behalf. And he sat there and they talked a little bit and she said, well, you know the loan we have at the bank. He said, yeah, I know about that. Um, and so she said, it's due today. He said, what? He said, did pasture forget? <laughs> she said, yes, pasture forgot. <laughs> He said, uh, tell you what, don't worry about anything. I'll be back in a couple hours. He came back in a couple hours and he had a $60,000 check. Now I could tell you things like this all day long where God defined logic. I, I hate to bring you into this sermon, Pastor Al, but every day you get up, you defy logic. You defy reasoning. Somehow, folks, I didn't get to my message. I preached what I felt in my heart but God just as much as he defied logic with Gideon when Gideon took 300 men God defied logic and who was Gideon who is Gideon you say how can God defy logic with me I'm, I'm nobody who was Gideon he was a nobody but God called him a somebody God called him a somebody. Who is Moses? Moses' mama defied logic. She put him in the water. But somehow she knew. Somehow she knew. When Pharaoh was killing all of the, 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 the little boy babies. But somehow she defied logic. Put that child in that little ark. What happened? Pharaoh's daughter at the right time, oh, thank you, Jesus, saw that child and had compassion. And Moses' sister, we know the story, was watching. And so she came out. <laughs> Look how God defied logic. She put that baby in there, and within hours, she was nursing her own baby again. And that baby was supposed to be dead. But she was nursing her own baby. And of course we know the story. She finally had to give him up. But he never forgot who he was. And one day when he was on the backside of the desert. God told him what to do. And he went and stood before Pharaoh. And when he stood before Pharaoh. Pharaoh did everything in the world to stop him. Ten different plagues was brought. Moses defied logic. And on the tenth plague, when Pharaoh changed his mind, on the tenth plague, when, when Moses saw this was it, 
Pharaoh changed his mind. And folks, I, I thought I was through. <laughs> Sorry about that, Rosa, but I thought that you would help me a little bit to get, I thought maybe you'd just interrupt and start singing or something and say, Pastor, it's time to quit. But you know, Moses defied logic and took, took all of them cattle and those Egyptians gave them all their possessions. Gave them gold, silver, and diamonds. And here they are walking out and then they come into the Red Sea. God defied logic and opened the sea. You know, somebody said, well, it's not that deep. It's not that deep. I was saving this secret for you. But if you remember, I messaged you while you were in uh, Bogota or on your way. And that day I was having a full body CT scan, a lower MRI, a upper MRI. They had ordered a brain MRI. That I waited two hours for a consultation uh, with the radiologist and the oncologist. And after we had that consultation and the results of all those tests, he said, Pastor Al, I'm releasing you from any further treatment. There's no active melanoma in your body. the rerun of that and when I, when I was watching it I, and I thought what good news is he going to be telling me I, I, I couldn't figure out what it was he's going to be telling me and I didn't know he was having all of these tests and um, and what better timing to share this what better timing for him to share this that I'm what did he say now I'm releasing you from there's no active melanoma in your body. Woo! Come on, let's let let's defy logic today. 
Let's defy logic in your situation. Whatever the situation is in your life, let's defy logic today. I, I had no clue of what he was going to tell me. And when God gave me this thought, when God gave me this thought that his word, his power will defy logic and reasoning. And just like the man that bought the business, become a multi, multi-millionaire. And it's amazing. And here, this testimony now, when I'm talking about God defying, God, because he, he got up every morning when they told him everything in the world. I mean, I don't even know how he's walked through what they've told him and what they've done to him. But every day, and you too, dear. You too. with my notes but God has directed this service then for Pastor Al to share this is confirmation it's just more confirmation that today I'm telling you write it down today I know Pastor Sharon and I are believing God for some things about our church and I just believe and you know I was sitting some, with some people the other day and, and um, over in Tennessee and they said, when are you going to retire? I said, Pastor, when are you going to retire? I said, I guess when I get to heaven. Amen. I said, I just, I just don't see any end. And the same with Pastor Al. There's, there's no end. It's just, he's just got to keep giving the word. And I'm believing God for a financial miracle because I want him, we want this to go 24 hours a day. He's got, we've, we've got stuff of him already recorded that people need to hear around the world. How many hours have we got of that? It's 15 segments. 
15 segments. And Pastor Jan and others, and I've got so many people just waiting. But we, you know, some people think the internet's not expensive. It's not for you to watch, but all the things we do, it's very expensive. And we want to get this gospel out. Because I'm finding out, you know, just like down in South America, there's lots of people in South America that speak English. When I was preaching there last week and the week before, when I was preaching there, hundreds of people, well, over half of those understood English. And I had two reactions. (laughs) The ones that understood English responded. And then when the interpreter said it, then the rest responded. And so it happens that way all over the world now. So many people speak English. And then, but I want to get, you know, we got our Spanish church coming in today at three o'clock. And we want to get them a channel. And folks, there's just no end to what the vision. Yes. How much are we believing for? How much are we believing for? Well, we need at least $60,000 to make this happen. At least $60,000. And we're, we're, we're just believing that whether it comes from one or two or ten or sixty or a thousand or two thousand. But I, I feel like time is of an essence that we need to start putting this together. And also, God wants us to grow a little bit in here. Now, you've heard me. I don't want it to be, get real big in here. I don't want to build another building. I already built a $7 million building just two, two, two blocks, two miles down the road. And I don't want to do that again. But I know there's something that God wants to do just like this testimony. Just like this testimony. We need to hear these every day. Uh, just like the one I told about the man that didn't have money and bought a business and turned around and paid the business off and so today I'm going to pray and then I'm going to finish whatever it is that's going on in your life that you hadn't been able to move a past and I've been thinking about you and Wilson the ordeal that you went through and I know you had to go through reasoning to make it work but on the plane this morning I was meditating I was meditating and meditating and I think we took off at 5 o'clock in the morning and you know I really didn't feel like coming here and it took me a little while to get going this morning to get everything working together but the Holy Ghost come and help didn't he <clears throat> he came and helped and, and people watching God's going to help you right now Father wherever there is a place Wherever there is a place that a person is stuck, wherever they're stuck, I don't know what it may be, but wherever they're stuck, today I ask you to help them to get this revelation of how things will change, Lord. When Moses got to the Red Sea, it opened up. But yet God closed it on the enemy. 
Right now, what needs to be open, open, and what needs to be closed, closed. Father, I speak it again in the name of Jesus. Come on, everybody stretch your faith. Everybody believe God with me right now. Whatever needs to be opened, whatever needs to be opened, Whatever needs to be opened, open it right now. Right now, Holy Ghost, I declare something's happening in the Spirit. Some, come on, folks, just let's, let's put our faith together. Put our faith together. What needs to be open, open. Open it now. What needs to be open. God, whether it's a heart, whether it's a, a connection, whether it's a the right person coming at the right time whatever needs to be open you open it now and God what needs to be closed close it in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name this last thing and then I know I keep saying I'm closing but I was in Fiji you, was, you and Barbara both was with us in Fiji. I don't know if you remember that the big heavy guy wore a skirt in the wheelchair and he was a famous soccer player. And, and he couldn't walk. I didn't go and grab him out of the wheelchair. He just came out of the wheelchair. And we got the video and he come up on the stage and begin to tell the story. I couldn't walk. I got injured. I, he was a famous so soccer player. And God instantly defied logic. And whatever's wrong in his body that he couldn't walk, he jumped up out of that wheelchair. And, and remember him running across the stage with me. Back and forth running across. Something is happening. I, and I, I don't like to vaguely use the word something but you know there's that song something good something good I, I just know right now in Jesus name things have changed 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 Why don't some of you that's watching in the internet just step out in faith and believe. Defy logic today through the Holy Spirit. Just as much as we in this room, just as much as Pastor Al has just give his testimony. Maybe this is your first time to watch us somewhere in the world, but this is an awesome testimony. We've been believing God for this. Amen. So why don't you step out and make a, 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 a commitment to God. If you've not been a tither, become a tither. If you're not a giver, become a giver. Why don't you sow into the ministry here at Experience Life? If you'll sow into the ministry of for the first time that you've not done it. Thank you, Lord. Sow in. Sow into the ministry. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we hear right now while the anointing is here? Why don't we just receive our tithes and offerings right here and you just start walking down here and putting it in in containers. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You at home.
there's where you do it. Just go to eoglobal.church and there's the little area where you click on. I'm believing somebody in the internet that you've watched us and watched us and you haven't tithed, you haven't given, and you're doing it today. You haven't given it, but you're doing it today. Amen. I mean, this is awesome. This is absolutely awesome. The anointing of God, the anointing of God is so strong. Father, those that are watching that have not made a commitment to serve you with all of their heart, I pray that you will touch them. You will minister to them. You will break every chain. You will break every yoke. Let healing, deliverance, reconciliation take place. Whatever it is that needs We defy logic and reasoning. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Goodbye to you and the internet audience. Bless you.